This teaching comes to you from the team at St Mark's Darling Point, Sydney. We hope that it blesses you. The first reading this morning comes from Psalm 100, and if you'd like to follow along, it's set out in your service outline. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. The second reading is from John chapter 20, verses 11 to 18. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the foot. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, Tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went out and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Give us grace, O Lord, not only to hear your word with our ears, but also to receive it into our hearts and to show it forth in our lives for the glory of your great name. Amen. Please be seated. We've gathered here today to say, with Christians all around the world, Christ is risen. Or as they say in Mandarin, Mandarin is difficult, okay? In French, le Christ est ressuscité. In German, Christus ist auferstanden. Uh, in Greek, Christos anesti. In Arabic, El Messiah come. In Korean, Christo Gesso. In Macedonian, we know we have some Macedonian members of St. Mark's, Christos Voskresna. And we do have, unfortunately, some Polish members, and Polish is about the hardest of all. Christos Zmatvistal. 
in, in, in Romanian, Christos a inviat. In Turkish, Christos dildi. In Spanish, Christo ha resuscitado. I'm not going to try Nepali. In Singhalese, it is Christ nagatila. In Latin, if in case any ancient Romans have wandered in, it's Christus resurrexit. And in Kiwi, it is Christ is risen. <laughs> Christ is risen is the testimony in particular of one person. And it was dark when she came to the tomb. We can imagine the knot of grief in her stomach. Grief does that to you as she walked along. And perhaps she woke that morning after a difficult night's sleep and had that, you know, that second of being awake and not remembering the loss, but then it all came back and she dragged herself out of bed, dressed and headed for the grave. We go to graves in a way because it reminds us of the permanence of death. Graves and memorials are built of solid objects like stone and metal. They contrast with the flowers that we bring to them that, like us, fade and perish. Mary Magdalene was clearly expecting nothing less than the solidity and permanence of the stone across Jesus' tomb. Oh, she'd been there when he had taught about the resurrection of the dead and when he had even said that he would after three days rise. But so much of his teaching was parable and metaphor and stories that were half jokes that she hadn't really heard it. Now, Mary was a woman with a past, and meeting Jesus had changed her life. But it wasn't the past that you're probably thinking of when you hear the name Mary Magdalene. Sad to say, Mary is one of the most libeled women in history. The legend of her as a prostitute arose because there were so many Marys in the Gospels and a few other unnamed women, and it was sort of convenient to draw a composite of them. Ah, that's right, Mary Magdalene, the repentant harlot, the one who was in love with Jesus a little bit, well, she must have been, surely. And Pope Gregory I kicked this rumour off in a sermon that he gave in 591 AD, and it gathered steam throughout the Middle Ages. It was always an excuse, of course, for painters to add a rather sexy dimension to a holy picture, to have a half-disrobed woman clutching at the foot of the cross with her wild hair falling about her shoulders and her gaze on the dying Christ, Christ suggestive of perhaps something more than holy devotion. This is, if you remember, how she's been portrayed in our times on stage and screen, from Jesus Christ Superstar to The Last Temptation of Christ, Martin Scorsese, and then Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ. But none of this is in the Gospels. What we do know about Mary Magdalene is that she had been possessed by seven demons and that Jesus had cast them out. What this means in our terms, we can't be sure, only that she had been the victim of forces beyond her control, that we understand, and these had ruined her life, these had enslaved her. Meeting Jesus had changed all of that. There were, as we say, fallen ladies amongst Jesus' entourage, women who were the victims of the male gaze of their times. But this woman, Mary Magdalene, should be famous not for being looked upon, but for what she sees. And she sees two things. 
The first of these is that the stone had been rolled away and that the tomb is empty. Clearly, this is an unpleasant surprise. She wasn't like uh, that kid on Easter morning, and perhaps you've had this scene in your household today, who's been told if you get up really early and go downstairs, there'll be a big chocolate surprise for you. She hasn't got up early to get the best seat as a witness to what's about to happen. The grave is open, and her first reaction, what is it? Well, it's anger, which turns to shock and further to grief. They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, she tells Peter. They. Her first thought on hearing the hollow echo of the tomb is not to think of a miracle, but to think of human skullduggery. If the body's gone, it can't have run away on its own legs. There's something strange that Peter and the other disciples see as they look into the tomb. The linen wrappings of the body are lying there and the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head is rolled up rather tidily in its own spot. What an odd thing for grave robbers to do. Why unwrap the body if you're going to steal it anyway? Surely it would be easier to carry the limbs if they were wrapped up tight. Hadn't they seen Weekend at Bernie's? But as the men are puzzling over these things, another scene's unfolding outside in the garden. Mary is weeping, and as she weeps, she bends over to look inside the tomb, perhaps to gaze again at its sorry, sorrowful and stony emptiness. And yet what she sees there is instead an angelic vision. Two dazzling angels sitting where Jesus had been laid. They ask her, why are you weeping? And she says what she said to, Pete, to Peter. They've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. You see still, she's not expecting a resurrection. And at that moment, she turns and instead, in her confusion, meets a man she thinks is the gardener. Now, people have debated this case of mistaken identity. How could she have missed Jesus? Was this more evidence of her feminine silliness, her implicit untrustworthiness? But I think, once again, this is evidence of what a sensible and reliable witness Mary Magdalene is. Even in her grief, she is not given in to wishful thinking. She does not inhabit a world in which she thinks dead people walk around in gardens. But it is him. It is her Lord. He says to her, Mary, and she says to him, teacher. And we know at this stage that she's reached out to touch him, to embrace him, to grasp his once dead but now alive flesh in her arms, as if to say, is it really you or am I dreaming? You cannot touch your dreams. Then Mary must have told this story many, many times in the days and the weeks and the years after this Sunday morning in all its three dimensions, remembering as she did so not just the first sight of the risen Jesus but also the first touch of him, the first scent of him. He was not simply for her alive in her heart or in her imagination as we may patronisingly look back and say, oh, 
Well, what would you expect? She's bleary-eyed with grief. But as she reported it, alive with all the solid weight of atoms, in finally a form she recognised when she wiped away her tears. This is not merely her perspective, but the solid truth, graspable truth. Jesus lives. And so she did what she could not restrain herself from doing. She went and announced it to the disciples. I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said to her. They themselves would not encounter Jesus until evening. And so for a whole day, Mary Magdalene and some of the other women mentioned in the other gospel accounts were the only witnesses to the risen Lord. She was, as it turned out, the apostle to the apostles. You like that? Mary Magdalene, the apostle to the apostles. This is actually the title given to her in Christian history by a writer called Hippolytus in 200 AD called Mary Magdalene, the apostle to the apostles. This woman, and not only a woman, but one with a history of being afflicted and tormented, is the one through whom the rest of the Christian church gazes on our risen Lord. It is through these eyes Blurred somewhat with tears that we see Jesus alive. It is through her hands that we touch his walking feet and feel the warmth of his living flesh. She is our first surprising witness. She's unlikely as a witness, but being unlikely makes her reliable. As a woman of her times, she wouldn't have been trusted in a court of law which means that no hoaxer would have ever thought of putting her in this position as the apostle to the apostles. You'd think if the story was made up that the presence of Mary Magdalene would be eclipsed or minimised, that her honour of being the first at the tomb and the first to see Jesus would be taken away from her by the humiliated and embarrassed men who thought that they should be the heroes in the story. But like her, with her, We gaze upon the extraordinary truth that Jesus, the one who was crucified, is now risen from the dead. He's not an illusion or a noble memory sadly lost. He's not the wishful thinking of a delirious half-mad woman. He's alive. And with that, the fortress of death has been destroyed. With her, like her, we reach out to touch the one who will ascend to the side of the Father who is in heaven, to her Father and to our Father, to her God and to our God. Now our task today is not to celebrate Mary Magdalene, though we may well thank her for her witness, but rather we we are here to remember what she attaches us to. It's as she would have it. She is the first link in a chain of witnesses that leads from the risen Lord to us. Through this thin but unbroken fibre, we can see the face of glory itself. We can grasp the hand which, as the poet George Herbert said, as it raises, raiseth thee. And so I want to ask you, have you ever looked seriously at Christ's resurrection? Because if we believe the woman and he's alive, then Jesus did not come to give us some nice values to live by. 
but has become the Lord of all things, has become the point of all existence, has fulfilled and completed all that was promised in human life. A fishing line may be very slender indeed, and yet by grasping hold of it, we can catch a very large fish. Mary Magdalene is in many ways not much, and yet today, grasp hold of her tear-stained testimony, because at the other end of it, we will find the immense presence, the sheer reality, the extraordinary majesty, and the powerful compassion of Jesus, who once was dead, but now has risen. Christ is risen. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at www.stmarksdp.org to subscribe to our new episodes, browse more resources and find more information about the community of St Mark's.